Well, hello, 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 everyone. Here we are back again today for another broadcast. I'm getting more consistent with coming on live, but I'm not happen I'm not doing it at the time that is the time that I want to try and put on the schedule. This just kind of seems to be finding myself a little bit after that time frame, but yeah, we'll still here and we're gonna got a topic to talk about tonight. So give folks a time, a little chance to come in. If anybody wants to come on and join us, when you do come in, give us a thumbs up and let me know where you are coming from. Shout out your city. Shout out your state. <laughs> All right. So before we go any further, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping here. Introduce myself. My name is Teresa T.L. Matthew. I am the founder of SAIR Nutritional Therapy. That stands for Sugar Addiction is Real. That's S-A-I-R-N-T dot com. And I'm offering you an opportunity to get a free nutritional assessment or fat loss assessment. You can go over there to the website, S-A-I-R-N-T dot com. Click on about, scroll down, and you'll see the links to the assessments there. All right. I'm also the founder and CEO of Some Foods, the maker of Some Sweet. Um, if you just joined us, you will see that that was what was displayed there on the screen when we came on live. That is the most spectacular sweetener there is on the market. It is a sweetener that helped me to overcome my sugar addiction, to beat my sugar addiction, and to now be living sugar-free for two plus years now. I am very, very satisfied with that sweetener product. In fact, I, I, I have no sugar cravings um, or anything like that. I can walk down the candy aisle and I can resist the sweeteners. The, I mean, the sweet stuff, the candy. Turtles were my favorite at every checkout. And I would always have to grab me one little, you know, packet. And if the cravings were really bad, I'd have to go back and get the box with the minis in it and then sit there and down the whole box. Yeah. But I haven't had a turtle in I don't know how long. I don't even have a craving for them. And if I do want a turtle, if I do have a craving for a turtle, you know what I do? I take my sun sweet and I mix that with a little cream or something to make a caramel. My daughter makes the best caramels or caramel or caramel sauce with um, with some sweet, but she makes a caramel sauce and sort of make her own pralines. I'll put me some pecans in there. Then we take our chocolate, which we sweeten with some sweet. And then we pour that over there. And this is our own homemade little candies if we have a so desire. Oh my gosh, she made me the best um, kind of Reese's with this. You know, so it was with some peanut butter and some uh, brown uh, some sweet. I think she put brown some sweet in there. I'm, I'm not sure what else she put in there, but it was delicious. Now, I can't get her to make that for me all the time. And matter of fact, when she makes it, she's making it because she wants it. And so then I just always go sneak me a little bit off of there because, you know, it tastes good. It's sugar free. 
right? And um, it's made with some sweet and it doesn't spike my uh, blood sugars or anything like that. And it's a great tasting little, um, great tasting little treat. Don't have it all the time, but you know, occasionally we all want a little something sweet. Occasionally, occasionally is better than a diet of something sweet and living for something sweet. Okay, so just want to say that as we've been we've been talking about all the effects that sugar can have on our body, so we gonna stay clear of sugar. But again, you know. Um, let me know if you're you're just tuning in. Uh, shout out your city. Give us a thumbs up. Let me know where you're coming to us from. We're going to talk today about uh, resistant starch and what is it? What is resistant starch? So yesterday when I was talking, I said um, we were we, we were looking over the um, infographic and on there it mentioned potatoes and we were talking about the glycemic index. And on that glycemic index, and if you see me looking off to the left because, uh, or looking off and not looking at you in the camera, that's because I'm looking at my notes. And I can see here, this is like uh, giving me a signal that my, uh, my internet connection is weak. So, all right, it looks like we came back kind of strong there. So, all right. So, um, so on the glycemic index and the glycemic uh, load chart. So, we saw that um, that potatoes were were very high on that, and I was like, "Ooh, that kind of scares me," because I got potatoes cooked up in my refrigerator already, ready to go. What I forgot to mention was just looking at that scared me. However, I knew that I that my potatoes and what I was doing, those were with resistant starch. Those weren't freshly cooked potatoes. Those were already potatoes that were left over. And so the, res the starch in them has become resistant. And we're going to talk about that. Also, I, I, um, there's a calculation for how you calculate your um, food's glycemic uh, load with the glycemic index. And, um, you know, um, there were a couple questions that came about the glycemic load and the glycemic index. And so I just want to go over that and address that really quickly. I mean, that probably could have been its own broadcast, but since how I'm live, we can just go ahead and talk about that. And then, um, and then we'll jump on into, uh, the subject at hand. So, um, so the glycemic index ranges from zero to a hundred where 100 is pure glucose. And that's what I told us yesterday. So the glycemic load, um, the glycemic load value is low glycemic load is 10 or less. Medium glycemic load is 11 to 19 and high glycemic load is 20 or higher. And the glycemic index is the low is 50, low glycemic index or GI is 55 or less. Medium GI is 56 to 69 and high is 70 or hot or higher. Okay. And so 
um, what we're what that is doing is just letting out. And remember, I said yesterday that the um, the glycemic index is going to tell you um, how fast your food is going to um, go in, turn to uh, turn to sugar in your blood. The glycemic load is going to tell you how much uh, impact that it's going to have. And this is looking really foggy here. I'm looking not clear. Um, and I don't know why. I don't want to go and shut this down and then come back, but um, it's really looking not so clear. And I don't want to do a whole video with it looking like that because I know it's not going to reboot itself. Let me go ahead. I'm going to um, take a quick break and see if this can fix itself. And I'll be right back.
Oh, hey, you guys. I'm sorry. I was I was muted that whole time. I turned that off for. Uh, I told y'all we 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 lied. Yeah, but you're on the you're on the phone, but not over the video, so they didn't hear me. Okay. So we go back over what um, resistance starch is. So let's see. the The camera is is messing up here. Today the camera is messing up. There we go. It's back clear. Okay. I don't know what's going on with the camera today. With the feed today, that's what it is. Um acting like that okay so i don't know what all this that you guys heard but we're going to go back over resistant starch so resistant starch um, is a type of nutrient found in many healthy foods it can help your body with digestion weight loss disease prevention and other important func functions so resistant starch is a type of carbohydrates and carbohydrates are nutrients that give your body energy in the form of glucose a sugar molecule and we that's what we've been talking about the last couple of days is about the glycemic index and how foods turn into sugar. So um, carbohydrates in foods usually fall into the categories of sugars, starches, and fibers. Many foods, both healthy and unhealthy, are high in carbohydrates. And those type of foods would be like bread, pasta, oats, fruit, rice, beans, pastry, um, and candies. Um, starches are a subtype of carbohydrate. Many foods with starches have higher nutritional value and are usually better for you than sugary foods. Resistant starches are a subtype of starches. And unlike other types of carbohydrates, your digestive system itself can't break down resistant starches into energy. Instead, healthy gut bacteria in your intestines feed on them and this can have many advantages for your weight and digestive health. Remember, I've told us before that um, that you want to feed the good bacteria in your intestines. So you know you want to you want to make sure that you keep your your gut health is very important as it contributes to uh, weight loss as well. So so what foods have resistant starch? Carbohydrates can be simple or complex. Simple carbohydrates have a simple chemical structure. Your body doesn't need much energy um, to break them down into glucose. Simple carbohydrates are usually in unhealthier foods like candy, white bread, and white rice. Resistant starches are a type of complex carbohydrate. And complex carbohydrates have a complicated chemical structure that the body needs more energy to digest. And remember, that's why those foods are usually where they vary where they come in on the glycemic load and glycemic index because they're they they're more difficult to break down they don't just go straight um to sugar so and they will probably they will tend to be lower on the glycemic index um the they are generally healthier for you and more nutritious and these nutrients are in foods like brown rice beans whole grain bread and pasta, 
um, quinoa, cashews, lentils, plantains, or green bananas. Um, and that's green bananas, not ripe bananas, but green bananas or and, and not overly ripe plantains either. Um, and oats. The health benefits of resistant starch. Resistant starches, um, they have many health benefits overall. Diabetes management and prevention. Um, let me see here. Give me a second here. So... Let's see, resistant starches have many benefits for your digestive health overall. So in diabetes management and prevention, um, when you have diabetes, your body has trouble digesting the carbohydrates you eat. And this can cause dangerously low blood sugar like hypoglycemia or high blood sugar attacks like hyperglycemia. But over time, diabetes can lead to heart disease, kidney disease, stroke, um, and more serious health problems. But simple carbohydrates quickly raise your blood sugar, which can be harmful to people with diabetes. And so, um, and since that's why it's better to eat the complex carbohydrate foods with resistant starches because they take a long time to digest and they keep your blood sugar levels steady. So, as you can hear, the little boy, he's outside and he wants to come in. Oh, well, that we call, call our little, our, our, our little dog. He's not, a, he's not a boy. He would be like, well, I don't want to say a man. <laughs> he's a full, he's full grown, but he's little. <laughs> um. So anyway, so also um, resistant starches help with um, with cancer prevention eating a diet high in resistant starches can protect against different types of cancer um that would include breast colon um and cancer of other organs in the digestive system and what about weight management you gain weight when you eat more energy than you burn right but eating resistant starches can help you feel full for longer and this can help you from eating too much and resistant starches have a positive effect on blood sugar stability and um and can also prevent weight gain and resistant starches also can help you with your with your bowel movements because they can help loosen stool and ease constipation reduce constipation can help avoid issues like hemorrhoids and resistant starches can also prevent diarrhea. So are there any limits to resistant starch for your health? Well, the benefits vary. No single resistant starch um, diet will address all health issues equally. Some people will get more powerful benefits from resistant starches than others. And resistant starches should be one part of your larger health plan. Can it cause, can they cause discomfort? Well, mm, let's see. I think they can, it can. I haven't had any problems, but foods like beans can cause gas, bloating, and other pains during digestion. So we always, when, I, when we were kids, you know, they had that little saying, beans, beans, good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you, you know, so 
<laughs> that's the gas and bloating and stuff. Um, this can make people hesitant to eat them, even though they're high in resistant starch and other nutrients. If the discomfort becomes too much to handle, you may need to lower the amount of fiber and resistant starch in your diet. So if you if you really have a problem with those issues like gas, bloating, and other types of pain, you might want to lower the resistant starch. But or if you've never really been a person to consume like something called res resistant starches, you want to start slow. Always, whenever you introduce something new into your diet, you want to start slow. You don't want to eat the max of a food. You just want to eat um, eat a, a small serving of that food and see how it does your body. Um, cooked versus cooled. Now we're going to get into really talking about a little bit about the, the resistant starches and in, in, and what they are. So some types of foods are higher in resistance starch. They cool versus after they are freshly cooked. And this is why I was saying that I have potatoes in my refrigerator and and I've already pre-cooked them. So I pre-boiled them and they're in my refrigerator and I just, you know, eat them when I usually when I cook them, I try and consume them that same week, but maybe over a week and a half to two weeks when I, you know, it take me that long to eat them. Um, but so, um, so again, some types of foods are higher in resistant starch when they're, um, when they cool versus when they are freshly cooked. Their chemical structure changes as they cool to produce more resistant starch. So rice is a, is, is good with resistant starch. Potatoes has resistant starch. Pasta can have um, higher resistant starch le levels. And this is after you've cooked them and cooled them that you would get the benefits of the resistant starch. Not freshly cooked, but you have to cook you have to um, cook them and cool them. That's why you could eat something like a rice pudding because it would be cold. Um, potatoes, potato salad is good to eat. Um, pasta salad is good to eat. These are like things that would be cold because you will cook the cook those foods and then cool them and then you can eat them in a cold state. Um, you can also reheat them and it doesn't really affect the resistant starch in them after you reheat them because it's already set. Right. So once that bond is set, it doesn't break again. So you could um, you could reheat that food as well. So how do you use resistant starches to improve your health? Um, you can include resistant starches in your daily diet to improve your health. Um, whole grains should make up about one fourth of each meal you eat and foods high in resistant starch can fit into the whole grain category. You can also eat. Uh, non-whole grains like legumes um, and try to eat two to three cups of leg legumes per week. Meals and side dishes are um, side dish ideas using resistant starch. And I think I, I did mention a couple, but lentil or pea soup, oats soaked overnight, if you like that, overnight oats, um, cooled brown rice, whole grain cereal, quinoa and bean on a salad, um, quinoa and beans on a salad, chickpea curry, baked beans. Those are some examples of foods that are, you know, with resistant starch. And again, like I said, pasta salad, potato salad, 
um, uh, when I say with the rice, uh, rice pudding, right, would have resistant starch in it. Um, to avoid the digestive discomfort like gas and constipation and bloating, make sure you drink a lot of water. Water helps your body digest complex carbs and softens your stool. And exercise can also kickstart your digestive system and promote passing stool. I remember when I used to walk, whenever I would walk, um, I would um, immediately when I start walking, I had to use the bathroom. So that that could be for somebody if you're struggling that, you know, that might be a little tidbit for you. But so what do you think about the resistant starches? Um, again, resistant starches are starches that your body cannot break down to use for energy, which means it's not going to break it down, which means there's no need for the insulin, right? For the insulin, the spike to come and take the glucose and usher it into your cells, which your cells don't want it, and then take it to the fat cells. So you can see why resistant starches would be beneficial to us because your body can't break it down to use for energy. It's not going to even, it's not going to even try. It's just going to pass through to your intestines. So, you know, it passes through to your digestive system, either partially or entirely. And resistant starch is different than fiber. It's different from fiber, but it acts in a very similar way. Okay. So again, and so, and, and so do we know what a starch is? A starch is a type of carbohydrate that comprises of long um, a long chain of sugar molecules. And again, the body usually breaks down those starches and uses that sugar for energy. Now, I didn't mention corn in here because corn is a food that does have starch in it, but I didn't mention corn in here. I had there... Um, they do, you can get a resistant starch from corn as well. I'm not really sure about the corn. I know that I've seen like corn starch that is resistant, um, resistant starch, resistant corn starch. I'm, I'm not sure what they call, what the name of it is called. It's not just called resistant, but I have seen a corn starch that is a, um, from resist, is a resistant starch. But, um, so, but, um, but again, so, and there are various types of resistant starch. So resistant starch is an umbrella term that includes like um, four to five different types of starches. So we're going to just go over those briefly about what those resistant starches, what those types of starches are. So the, the different types of resistant starch vary in either their physical structure or the reasons why they are resistant to digestion. And that's what it means. Resistant means that they're re resistant to digestion. Okay. Um, many foods will contain more than one type of resistant starch, depending on how a person cooks them or when they choose to eat them. So remember I was saying eating some of those foods cold rather than hot. And definitely there's no benefit after they're immediately after they're cooked. So you do have to cool them. Okay, so the first one is type one. Uh, type one resistant starch remains stuck in the fibrous uh, cell walls of the food that the person eats. The person cannot physically digest the fiber or the starch itself. So type one resistant starch is abundant in legumes, seeds, and many grains. And then there's the type two resistant starch. 
and it's more common in some raw foods and has a specific structure that makes it difficult for people to digest. For instance, a slight unripe banana would be higher in type two resistant starch than a fully ripe banana. So that's what I was saying earlier. I think I mentioned about an unripe banana and unripe um, plantains. You would so they would have they would be filled with type two resistant starch in their raw state. And there's type three resistant starch, and it is a highly resistant starch that forms during the process of heating, then cooling starchy foods. Um, and like I mentioned to us before, rice and potatoes. So those will give you that type three resistant starch and it's very highly resistant. So you just cook your rice and, and your or your potatoes and you allow them to cool after cooking and um, and they will turn some of the starches into highly resistant starch. Then there's type four resistant starch and these are processed and modified forms of starch. These resistant starch um, starches are entirely artificial. So that's the type four. Then type five resistant starch is starch that has bonded um, with a type of fat, changing its structure and making it more resistant to digestion. All right, so I'm gonna ask you guys, I'm scrolling down here to get some more information for you. Just give me a thumbs up if you're liking this information. If you're liking this kind of content, go ahead, comment. Let me know where you're coming from. Just give me a little shout out here. Let's see who, what's all going on here. Let me close this up here. All right. I'm going to go on. I'm going to keep on going. Oops, I didn't check my time. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're almost done here. Um, so again, we're talk we talked about the benefits of the resistant starch, that it passes, that it's not digest. What it does is it re resists digestion. It acts very similar to fiber, and it passes through to the small intestine um, without being digested and feeds your, feeds your good back, um, your good bacteria in your, um, your your small intestine and your colon. So, um, so it improves your digestive and your colon health. And again, um, hey, this might be interesting for you, for you, but anyway, so. It improves that. So um, when resistant starches arrive in the colon, they feed the healthy bacteria, which turn these starches into a few different short chain fatty acids. And these fatty acids include uh, butyrate, which is an important component for um, cells of the colon. And butyrate reduces um, the levels of inflammation in the colon. In doing this, it can help protect against issues related to the digestive digestive system, such as ulcerative colitis and inflammatory colorectal cancer. So in theory, butyrate may also help with other inflammatory issues um, in the bowel, such as constipation, diarrhea, Crohn's disease, and diverticulitis. So... And while these potential benefits are promising, you know, most of the research to date has involved animals rather than humans. Um, 
we don't like to do studies on ourselves. Really, we really shouldn't do studies on ourselves. <laughs> but anyway, high quality human studies are necessary to help support some of these claims. And what can it do for your insulin levels? Well, eating resistant starch may help to improve insulin sensitivity in some people. Remember, we're all different. So what works for me may not work for you. You just got to know your body and see and try it to see what works for you. But yeah, it can help improve insulin sensitivity in some people. Um, this possible benefit is very important because lower insulin uh, sensitivity may play a role in several disorders, including obesity, um, diabetes, and even heart disease. So we want to be insulin sensitive rather than insulin resistant, because that just means that your body knows what to do with the insulin. Actually, your cells are open to receiving the insulin for energy and storing it as energy um, rather than, you know, resisting it, saying, no, we don't want that. We don't need that. And then your fat cells uh, take it, it going into your fat cells, right? Um, so here's a study that was that found that men with overweight um, or obesity who ate 15 to 30 grams of resistant starch each day had increased insulin increased insulin sensitivity compared with men who did not eat these starches. However, the female participants did not experience these effects. So they're they're asking to do another study to research and determine what the reasons why there was a difference but men did benefit from that so and there it does it helps you to feel full i think we mentioned that earlier that was done there was a study that was done and found that 30 grams of resistance starch a day for 6 weeks helped decrease hormones that cause hunger in healthy people with um, with overweight people, so in healthy overweight people, um, eating more resistant starch also increased compounds that help a person feel less hungry in the morning. So you might want to observe that for yourself. You know, how do you feel in the morning after you've had a meal of resistant starch? I can tell you that I don't feel hungry, but then I normally don't have a really huge appetite. But some days I can eat some foods and then the next day I wake up, I get hungry earlier. But like the, I noticed the other day I had made some potatoes and I ate those potatoes and I kind of ate those potatoes, you know, um, kind of late, but I went nearly the whole day without eating again. Cause I, I, I was like completely satisfied. And I was like, I thought that was interesting that I had ate those potatoes and I expected to wake up the next day and be really hungry, but it was quite the opposite. So including resistant starch in the diet, therefore um, can aid in weight loss efforts by increasing the amount of time for which a person feels satisfied after a meal. And this increased satiety could prevent unnecessary snacking and excess, excess calorie um, intake. And so what about resistant starch and fiber? And although fiber and resistant starch differ in their molecule structure, the effects that they have on the body are very similar. So both resistant starch and fiber are types of carbohydrate that the Bible, again, that the body cannot break down. So in the large intestine, resistant starch acts the same as fiber. So now we have it in the large intestine. Um, it feeds healthy um, bacteria and promotes the fermentation that creates the healthful byproducts such as butyrate again and also like fiber it's going to bulk your stools and it's going to help you with your bowel movements so 
Foods high in resistance, starch, some foods, those would include toasted Italian bread, pumpernickel bread, corn flakes, <laughs> puffed wheat cereals. You know, I can't find puffed wheat in the store. I looked for them and I couldn't find them. Oats, um, muesli, uh, potato chips, potato chips, you guys, potato chips, high in resistance starch, raw bananas, white beans, and lentils. Additionally, cooking and then cooling some starchy foods such as white potatoes and rice may increase their levels of resistant starch. So are there any side effects to this resistant starch? I think we mentioned that. I'm going to go over it again. You might get some gas, <laughs> okay? You might get some gas and some bloating and things like that. Um, might be, you know, the mild side effects that you'll get. So basically, Resistant starch. It's important. It's an important part of health, a uh, healthy digestive system, and it may offer several protective effects. You know, still need a lot of research. Unripe bananas. Green green bananas. <laughs> you said mm, you don't want to eat green bananas. So, you know, the, the research surrounding resistant starch is still in its early stages, but eating about 15 to 30 grams of resistant starch each day may help protect your body against inflammation in the digestive system. And it also helps keep a person satisfied after meals and increase insulin sensitivity. So just remember to cook your high starch foods like pasta, rice, potatoes, and allow them to cool before eating them. Um, and that's the simplest way to get that resistant starch into your diet. All right. So that's it about resistant starch. I think I'm going to have me a potato because I feel a little bit better. No, I knew that. And, and, but yeah, so you, you can see how some foods get a bad rap because, you know, there's some things that we don't know and don't understand about it. Cause I know in the nutrition world, we, you know, really speak against like having a chip, you know, potato chips and things like that. Um, because, you know, but again, it's, it's, it depends on how that potato chip is cooked because there's various ways to cook that potato chip and the oil and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you don't have to have a fried potato chip. You can have a baked potato chip and you can actually bake your own potato chips. Well, I don't know how, because usually when potatoes, they kind of get hard a little bit, but you know, you can, you can, you can do your own, um, your own potato chips or something like that. But you, as you can see that um, they're a resistant starch. So, you know, there's that. And, you know, it's, you have to be responsible and mind your, you know, watch your blood sugar, see how food spike and see what happens. Because again, everybody is an individual and things are different. And, and, um, you know, we, um, Everybody's different and you know what what I can do you might not be able to do. Right? So you just have to monitor and just let those foods, you know, every time you eat something, check your blood sugars. If you are pre-diabetic or diabetic, you want to check your blood sugars and monitor them. If you have not reached that point where you have to monitor your blood sugars, you just see how your see how your body feels after you eat a certain food, if there's any type of reaction that you get. Okay. But that's it. What do you think about resistant starch? I mean, it could be something that you that um that you might be missing out of your diet 
and that you can add or it gives you another way to bring those high glycemic foods into your diet again you're going to monitor but those foods that are high on the glycemic index and high on the glycemic load you bring them into your diet as a cold food rather than a fresh rather than eating them when they're freshly cooked and you eat them cold and see how you do um, how they do your blood sugar that's the only thing that you can do is to monitor and check and see how they do your blood sugar but again that gives you an opportunity to eat foods that maybe you thought you couldn't eat but you just have to eat them in a different way okay so mom did you have any other did any, you have any other comments any final words to add here no i'm good you're good all right so i just want to let us know that if uh, you want to get a nutritional assessment or a fat loss assessment you can head on over to sairnt.com that is sairnutritionaltherapy.com click on about and you would be able to get um, that nutritional assessment. Also, um, if you're liking this content, go ahead and give us a thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. All right. And again, if you want to get a hold of the best sweetener in the marketplace. And I say that that is the most spectacular sweetener on the market. You can get um, some sweet. You can head on over to somesweet.com. That's S-U-M-S-W-E-E-T.com. And get that um, sweetener for yourself. Again, that's S-W-M-S-W-E-E-T.com. And get some sweet for yourself. It is the most spectacular sweetener on the market. So I just want to thank you for tuning in today. And um, I'm going to go ahead and sign off now with and We'll see what I'll be back. Uh, let me see. Sunday, probably Sunday. I'll go live again on Sunday. But if you're watching this in the future, huh, it's already there for you. All right. So thank you so much, everybody, for, for tuning in today. I am your host, Teresa T. L. Matthew, and peace and blessings.